The following presentation is brought to you by the KMmedia.pro network. Each channel is created to provide highly engaging and fascinating content presented in an entertaining light just for you. Please visit KMmedia.pro for complete information. Now, stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our mission is to bring to you the best, most uplifting content heard anywhere. Great guests, interesting topics and ideas presented with a fun, entertaining style. Please join me, Kevin McDonald, and my friends as we bring new thoughts, terrific people, and creative ideas directly to you. Please join us right now for Positive Talk Radio. And welcome, everybody, to Positive Talk Radio. It's a Wednesday afternoon. I'm glad you're here because we've got a tremendous show. For, you know, I know everybody always says I have a tremendous show for you today. But today, I really mean it. We have got a really cool show for you today. And uh, Eric, you've got a, a house full of women except for you and I. All right. <laughs> We'll, we'll go easy that. on you. <laughs> <laughs> they are awesome people, all of them. And I'd like to introduce, first of all, uh, Holly Berry. She's the executive producer of this fine show. And she is here as acting as my co-host today because our guest, she knows a great deal about and, and stuff. So, Holly, how are you? Hello, hello. It is a good Wednesday to be here. It is. It is really indeed. So let's let's begin with uh, um, who is our guest of honor today. We have actually two of them, but the the first one is and Holly. I'll let you so that I don't screw it up. Um, Holly, who do we have with us today? Yeah, first up is Toa Rothery, and then also one of her partners in crime that we'll be able to hear all about their work together is Doctor DV. Did I say that right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so they do uh, intuitive coaching together. Um, but a lot of my questions actually are like related to the history for Terrell because I grew up being able to watch lots of shows and episodes and she was in them. So that's actually fun. I, I promised I would show up today because I was like, I can actually ask some questions. I, I have some exposure. So it'll be really nice. I would. I wanted to just mention that we I was going to go and I was going to read your credits and what you've done in the acting world since 1994 or so, and it would take the entire show. It would. But we're not going to do that. <laughs> Probably three shows were. <laughs> but, uh, but Terrell, it's, it's a pleasure to have you here, and you are an actor. Well, I'm going to let Holly uh, tell, tell us about you. Okay. Her, yeah, her IMDb and her Wikipedia are extensive. Um, so if you want to read up on that, if you're not familiar, um, you spell her first name T-E-R-Y-L and her last name R-O-T-H-E-R-Y. And my first question is, do you know how you got your name? Because that's such a unique name. Actually, I do know how I got it. And it's quite funny. I was raised by my grandparents and my grandmother was born in Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada, which used to be, uh, there was two sides to that. There was the Fort William side and the Port Arthur side. And you are in big trouble if you're not from that Port Arthur side. And that's where granny is from. And, and she said, because well, you know how when you're kids, you think, well, where did this name come from? Because I, I really didn't like it. Why couldn't I just be like Sue or Jane or something simple? 
Um, I got tired of being called pterodactyl in school. <laughs> you know, of course. Yeah. Had nothing to do with the personality. Just <laughs> um, so I said, where did that name come from? She said, well, and that's how she talks. Well, there was this little girl and she was, oh God, she said she was as homely as sin, but she had such a pretty name. So that is how I got the name. Aww. No. You did you a favor because a Sue would have not been a name that producers or companies would have been able to remember very easily. <laughs> no, I, well, I, I, well, actually, now I embrace the name. I quite like it. I, and I'm quite used to spelling it out T as in Tom or T as in Tango because inevitably I get Cheryl, Beryl, Carol, all of the above, right? Now, Tara, would you, would you like to introduce uh, Dr. Diva? Well, I like, the, you know, I love the fact that you prefaced this whole interview, Kevin, by saying that you tend to mess up names, but I'm sure she loves going by Diva because you got three of us here in the room <laughs> with you now, but it is actually Divi, Dr. Divi, and it would be my honor. I met uh, Divi a few years ago doing some one-on-one -on -one work with her and workshops and just finished graduating from this wonderful program that she puts on with another amazing intuitive um, woman by the name of Lynette Brown, who is uh, resides in Texas. And uh, it is just our relationship has continued to grow. And yes, indeed, as you mentioned earlier, we are doing some intuitive coaching work together, which we are very proud of and blessed to be doing. So without further ado, here is Dr. Divi. Thank you for that introduction, Terrell. Thank you. It's nice to have you. Nice to be here. Cheers. It is great to have you here, even though I massacred your name, and I apologize. <laughs> we like Diva. Diva's not so bad. <laughs> That's right. Diva Divi. Terrell, I, I have to ask you, uh, just just by way of uh, introduction, if if somebody is not familiar with your work. You started out dancing when you were like 13 years old and were in Bye Bye Birdie and you were in The Sound of Music at 14. You've been doing uh, acting and dancing and performing your entire life. Is it been your passion always? Always. Uh, when I was four, that's the story I always go back to because it's the truth. When I was four years old and people would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I didn't understand the term, obviously, actor or anything like that. And it was always, I want to be a movie star. I just want to be a movie star. And that was, that's all I, I really ever wanted to do. But I was incredibly debilitatingly shy, believe it or not. So I got into dance at the age of seven because my grandmother thought it might be handy to help bring me out of my shell. As the years progressed, she had spent the rest of her life trying to stuff me back into that shell but <laughs> that was uh, that's how dance came to be and it just everything grew from there I just it was an amazing experience being on the stage and being able to be somebody else if that makes sense oh absolutely I would like to talk to you a little bit about the process of how you do it and how you sustained your career over such a long period of time including and uh i'll turn this over to holly because she was a big fan of stargate sgi and I, first of all before before she begins that uh, did i screw that up again it's okay 
Okay, we're we're gonna let Terrell correct you on that one. Okay. Well, Stargate SG One. Oh crap! I, <laughs> as you as you can tell, I hey, listen. I was a chicken salesman at that time. I was traveling around the country. I didn't have a chance to watch the show, but I do remember. I, I wanted the only question I wanted to ask you was, what was it like working with MacGyver? Oh my gosh, um, a joy. He has a very dry sense of humor. Um, and he's a very funny, funny man. He likes to pull pranks with his fellow actors and crew when he, when we're working together and yeah, he's a lovely human being. He's a really, that's Richard Dean Anderson for those who are not familiar if, if that's maybe before your time, but he was the star of MacGyver and that, that name is continuing. Isn't there, didn't I see something on the, on TV that they're doing a spinoff or some kind of comedy called MacGruber? Have you guys anyway it's yes so uh he was lovely kevin he was he was a joy to work with absolutely okay i'm gonna stop screwing up now holly your turn oh no 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 you you are gonna be our comic relief (laughs) 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 perfect yeah no i actually um had a little bit of a forewarning uh that this um was coming this interview is coming so i was at dinner with my friends. I'm like, okay, if you guys have any questions, now's the time. And one of my girlfriends was like, okay, ask her about like the technology and CGI back then compared to now. Cause you've been working consistently. So you've actually been in, you know, the industry to see things evolve. And I think that was a good question. It is a really good question. I think that's the first time I've been asked that one. Um, I still think we're pretty advanced when I think back to when we did Stargate, right? If you if you look at how our work was, how it was done and the whole green screen work, and then you compare it to what happened in the 60s with the fabulous, you know, Star Trek, which really sort of really set the tone, I think, for the, the sci-fi genre, because it still, to me, is the, the be all end all. I loved that show as a, a little girl growing up. Um, yeah, so there was a lot of green screen work and for an actor that was um that was a learn you had to learn how to do that so what the beauty of you you you'd get together in a production meeting or you'd be sitting in the boardroom in a, a read through and then you'd get an image of what this creature or this thing is going to be right do you remember now on my memory holly but do you remember the little bots the nanobots that were like spiders yeah you oh yeah Right? Okay. <laughs> so, and I'm a bit of an arachnophobe, I have to say. So those things, so you're dealing, when you're looking around and when you're acting with these things, you, they're not there, but you know what they look like. You've got the green screen. So this, the magic of the mind, which is why I'm an avid reader. I find half the time that I enjoy the books more than I do when I see them on screen because my mind directs it and I can visualize everything. So. It, you would go to that scary place and it was really easy to work off of. So as a tool, I think, I think that's something they especially now should bring in for the young actors working with green screen and saying, this is what you're going to be looking at here. See this over here. This is how high it's going to be. Go. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was a, it was a trip. That's for sure. Did that answer your question, Holly? I think so. And it wasn't even mine originally. So anything, any answer would have been perfect on that one. Do they nowadays for things like that, do they still use green screen? Because it it does look like you've done some recent stuff too, that it would need to have some sort of like computer related stuff intermixed with the 
acting? Well, it's a mix. They're, they're doing a lot of a lot of new things now. If anybody, I personally haven't seen it, but I, I've heard phenomenal things about Mandalorian and how they brought that into play. And you can go, you can Google it and you can go, they'll show the stuff behind the scenes, which is what I have done. And so what it is, like you're creating an entire world with umpteen, I don't know how many thousand television screens, like big ones, and that creates the whole backdrop. So if, if people are into that whole thing, just Google Mandalorian and the making of, and that was the prequel, was it not for Star Wars? I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. It's on Disney, but people can Google it. Nice. Um, so it's a whole different thing. But oh, yeah, you're still going to bring in the green screen. I'm trying to think what I've done where I might have had to use the green screen again. I can't really I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I do love that if you are phobic of spiders and had to act with robotic spiders, you didn't have to actually be imagine them. <laughs> I got an audition come through once and it was they were it was a guest star and it said must be okay around spiders because the character has to lie there with all these spiders crawling all over her. And I thought, oh, I can do this. This is going to be a real lesson for me. I can do this. And as I was reading it, I could feel like I started to hyperventilate. I was like, no, no. I phoned the agent. It was like, yeah, you're going to have to call me out. No, can't do it. Can't do it. Pass. Hard pass on that one. <laughs> the the other main big one, and I just want to like ask about this one so we don't run out of time before I ask about it. So my significant other is also a Canadian from Thunder Bay area. I've heard stories no! of that. And he's also a Dragon Ball fan. And he's like, oh, she did the voice of Mai. <laughs> so is there, is there like, and I have, I'm not into the Dragon Ball thing. So I have no idea what Mai sounds like. Can, can you do the voice for her? No, it's like. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> uh, when I did Mai, I think if I recall, it was so many years ago. It was the pilot. I think mm -hmm. it was the pilot, the initial one that sort of launched it. Um, and I can't remember what her voice was like at all. I do, however, have a little, um, what do you call those things? Like a bobblehead? It's not a bobblehead, but it's kind of <laughs> like that. It's like this thing, right? This ornament, whatever. It's in a box that's a fan Aww. gave to me. So I have that. And she was, she looked really powerful, that that my. Um, but no, I couldn't do the voice the for voice you. Too, too long ago. <laughs> too long ago, yeah. What Terrible kind of record? Oh, go ahead, Kevin. Oh, I was, I was just going to ask, before we get too far down the road, I want, you have had a, by any measure, a really successful career uh, in, the, in the last 30 years. And it's not easy to do. It's, it's very difficult to do what you have done. There's somebody out there who's young, that has stars in their eyes, that really, really wants to be a star. How would you suggest they go about it? Hmm. Settle for being a moon. <laughs> <laughs> right? right? Um, I just, you know what? You have to just believe in yourself and you just have to go for it. I, there was not a doubt in my mind and, and Divi will probably, will get into this if there's the time later on when we're, we're chatting, but if you can see it, you can believe it, you can imagine it, it happens. And I just, there was nobody put that doubt in my mind. You know, the usual, well, you should get a, a real job or you should go to schooling. And at that time it was like, no, I don't, I'm not, I don't need to, I'm because I'm going to be an actor. I, I don't need it. 
I, I there was no doubt in my mind and I just kept going at it. You also, unfortunately, and the world is all about this kind of thing, you have to have a really thick skin because you might audition for something a hundred times, hundred times out of a hundred, you're not gonna get the job. The next batch of 100 times that you audition, you might get one. So you just, it's perseverance and in just believing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it, it, it is hard, but it is, can be really rewarding if you, because when you're creating, now especially with SGI, you, you had, were on that show for over 70 episodes. And so you created this character and it evolved over time. And, and so did you create the evolution or was that something that, that, uh, as, as it went and, and they created episodes, there were some episodes they created for you and, and also there was an evolution to the character, wasn't there? Pretty much. Yeah. To every character. So they come, they, they have an idea of what they want with these characters. I was extremely blessed that I, I knew the, the writers, the creators of the show, um, I had originally auditioned for the part of Sam Carter. Uh, I didn't get that one. And it went to the person it should have. There's nobody I can imagine in, in those boots, but Amanda Tapping, she, she just was brilliant in that role. My role was a gift. It was like, hey, we have this offer for you. We'd like you to play the role of this doctor. It may recur. And seven seasons later, she did recur. So again, a true blessing. But you start out, here's what they give you. You read it on the, pa- on the paper. As an actor, you then bring life to that. You breathe life into the words. You put it out there. And then together, they start to see where this character is going to go. And it's just from, it's like, it just sort of happens symbiotically. I don't know if that makes sense, but they create it. You, in turn, bring life to it. And from that, it just keeps evolving. It's like an onion. That's one way to look at it. It's like humans. It's the way we are. It's, you just keep peeling away the layers and you're going to go deeper and deeper and deeper into who a that character is or who b that human is awesome now do you consider i lost you there no 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 did you, i was i i wanted to make sure that you were complete uh but did, did you um the work you're doing now um that that is i think it's kind of an evolution of what you've been doing before isn't it very much so. Yeah. I like to me as an actor and I love acting. It's something I, I hope to do until the day I leave this planet. It's about telling a story and evoking some kind of an emotion in the viewer and the work that um, Divi, Dr. Divi has helped me with and what, where we're going with it is pretty much the same just to keep evolving as a person. So bang on. That was a really nice transition, Kevin. That's exact. That's exactly it. Well, thank you very much. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> Holly? Yeah. Do do we want to talk more about like advice for people interested in acting? Because I love how Terrell's like answering questions that we had before we were even asking him because it's so relative oh. to people that might be interested. Uh, we can also, I'm curious what intuitive coaching is. <laughs> it's like, it sounds like you're helping someone like hone their intuition, but I could be completely off. Well, well I'm going I'm to let Divi take that, but I will say one more thing on is as far as where they go for, for as a mother now, I'm one of those ones going, no, no, you need to get an education. Um, so I sort of, I'm speaking out of two sides here. 
Um, but no, seriously, what you need to do is you need to, it's like anything, you got to work that muscle. So go to class, go to class, study. Don't let anybody beat you up. Just know that you're good at what you do and just keep going for it. You'll know, you'll know deep down inside if it's something you're going to keep doing or if it's time to walk away from it. So I'll just end on that. Now, Terrell, I, before before we turn it over, I just wanted to make a, make this statement that I think this can help everybody is that the art of improvisational acting is so important to being able to think on your feet in anything that you do in life that improvisational acting, if you have an opportunity to take some classes in that, please do because I think it would benefit you in any way, in anything that you do. If you're going to speak in front of people, if you're going to give presentations, if you're going to talk to a VP, anything that you do in life, improvisational acting allows you to think on your feet and, uh, and to come up. Am I, am I correct in that? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just being, being able to listen. You got to learn to listen as an actor. You got to listen as an intuitive coach. You got to listen. So it's about listening and then responding accordingly, because a lot of times you're going to go on set or you're going to be on, you, you drop a line, you lose something while you're on the stage. You got to improv. You're bang on Kevin. You got to improv to get until you get back on track again. So yeah, it will, it'll just, yeah. And it's fun. Improv classes are fun. There's nothing worse than dropping a line on stage because then, then the other guy has to figure out what you're trying to do and to, and to, and to move through it. It becomes, it becomes a real big, it's, it's a really cool dance if you're with somebody that can pull it off and can do it. Yeah, absolutely. I just have one question because it does relate to improv. So there was a hilarious movie that I saw and it came out in 2000 and it was called Best in Show. Was that, were they mostly improving for that? And Terrell was in this one too. I was, it was such <laughs> a treat. Christopher Guest, how beautiful was that? It was all improv. We had oh. like a, we had a skeleton script. We got to pick the names of our own character. We were told um, this is the information that has to come out, like the title of this or this. So we had certain things like ingredients, as it were, to make this wonderful cake. Um, and we would just have those ingredients and it would come in. But you just, I got, I was blessed to be able to improv with uh, Jennifer, uh, Jane Lynch and Jennifer helped me. Oh my God. The most magnificent <laughs> comedic actress. I can see her. We'll I probably saw it, her two, on the preview uh, that I watched, but oh I didn't God. get the names in the preview today. No, I'm going to have to go watch it again. <laughs> you have to watch it again because those two women are amazing. Anyway, it was the time of my life. So yeah, that entire thing was just feeding off each other. And he would, he would just keep going, roll, 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 roll until you just, it just, everything just kept coming up. So yeah. Well, Dr. DV, the diva. How are you today? You've just been sitting there all by yourself. <laughs> Happy sitting here by myself. I'm great. Thank you, Kevin. Wanted to bring you into the conversation. Now, now you are a medical doctor and you also are working on um, your uh, intuitive side. Uh, how does that go to play and how are you two working together? So I'm an MD turned intuitive coach. So um, I left medicine about 12 years ago and started this work. Uh, to answer your question, Holly, what intuitive coaching is, because I think this will help everybody to understand. Intuitive coaching is, well, people know what a coach is. It's helping people to move to the next stages of their lives. And what Terrell was alluding to when she was speaking about, you know, actors who want to become well, and, you know, she said, you really have to get the thought processes in place, right, Terrell, that you can do this. 
But a lot of people that we can relate to, and this is what you're speaking to both of you, that they have these voices in the back of their head that say, well, I need a job or I can't do it or whatever. What intuitive coaches do is we help to put people, to put a flashlight on those voices that are stopping people in their lives and teaching them how to heal them. Intuition is one of the main skill sets we use, but there's a spiritual element to the work, right? And it's really about each person getting closer to their soul. And I actually think that's why Terrell has been so successful is because she has followed her soul calling and she's just taken one step at a time, at a time, at a time, trusting that her soul knew. And when you really are living through your soul purpose, you might have this voice, but you learn to work with it. So yeah, that's what we do. Holly. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is so interesting. So the, the main question, and I don't even know how to properly verbalize it. So I'll try to keep it as short as I can. And if it doesn't make sense, feel free to just let me know and I'll try to <laughs> reword it. But my history is I came like from a background where anything like that was like, uh, judged or like, you're not supposed to value of, that. Right. So of the devil. Yeah. completely logical. Right. So my, so it's like brain over heart every time I'm just now, you know, later in life trying to reintegrate those components because your intuition, your gut reaction, especially when it comes to vetting relationships and things like that is your, like your North star. So for people like maybe for people that have, have like almost completely extinguished that fire or that flame or that voice inside of them what's a, some good first steps for them to like even start the process when they've you know gone completely logical <laughs> great question it's a great question i'll answer that i'm curious what you have cheryl um the first thing is to know that there's another voice in your inside of yourself and i totally get the logical side holly i mean i got quite sick working as a doctor which got me into this work because nothing from the left brain the logical side would have worked, right? And you're 100% right. We shut it down quite young and relationships and health are the things that kind of bring chaos, right? So for a person who's starting out, I know people talk about it all the time, meditation, get quiet. But when we get quiet, whether it be a formal meditation practice or going out for a run or watching a great TV show or a great movie, our mind is actually quiet. And the mind gets quiet, that's when the intuition wakes up. And to actually know something is waking up is super important. And that there's another voice that's alive here as opposed to just extinguishing that. So that's the first step I would say. And the other thing I would also say to somebody who's beginning is to challenge your thoughts. Like I have a 17 year old son and I know Terrell has a teenager too. One of the things we teach our kids is, do you actually believe everything you think? Right? Because a lot of us do. It's like, if I believed every thought I had, oh my God, right? So to challenge those thoughts is a huge thing. So it's only when you challenge those thoughts that you can let your intuition come to the surface. So yeah, Terrell, what do you got for that answer? It's a great question. Oh, that's, it's bang on. And also the fact that, uh, I think you alluded to the fact that it's considered a no-no that you can't, right. you know, be into your intuition. We all have it. We all have it. I'm, I'm sure there's times, Kevin, when you're driving somewhere and you just get this instinct that, oh God, I better put, I'm going to watch. And sure enough, there's going to be a car right there. We all have it. And it's just about listening to it and recognizing it. Uh, and I do, I am, I am doing this work with Divi. And, and one day I remember I dropped my daughter off and I turned the corner and I, there was something I stopped and I thought, Oh, I should have told her. I should have, I should have made sure that she's looking to the left because cars are turning right at that particular intersection. And I was stopped and I thought, I wonder if I should go back. And I ignored my own and I went, Oh, it's, it's okay. 
and I just kept driving. I picked her up from school that day and she was, mom, you know, it was just terrible when, you know, when you dropped me off this morning as I was stepping to go and it was a green light, this guy came around and just stopped and I looked at him and I thought, and I just like, I have goosebumps now. That's what I mean by intuition. That's what we talk about when we say it's that voice inside of us that we forget and we push out of the way because it's, it's too loud or it's not loud enough. And it's just been so surprising that's wanting to get out but it's it's in all of us and i love your dog holly <laughs> oh this is alice so for the people listening this is a miniature doshand who apparently loves uh divvies and terrells and kevin's voices and <laughs> was jumping up to see who was talking <laughs> i love it she love that dog loves 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 you um <laughs> I and and uh, Tara, you're you're absolutely right because there there are often times that I know that we, that, as an example, if you are leaving your house and you are gonna just go to the store, and your cell phone is sitting on the counter, and you, this little voice on the in the back of your head says, "You better take your cell phone," and you ignore it, you're gonna need your cell phone. Is, is that is that true, Divi? Do you find that to be true? 100% right. And why people struggle with it is because they mix up fear, like the anxiety voice with that voice. It's like, okay, I'm not going to listen to that voice again. And a big part of training your intuition is noticing the difference, right? But you're 100% right. Happens all the time. Or Holly, you were alluding to it in relationships. People often go, I just know I shouldn't have married that person. I mean, I have no, you have no idea how many women I've worked with as adults. Hey, I remember one of my first clients back about 12 years ago, she said to me, you know, Divi, I've been married three times and I knew each time not to marry them. <laughs> right and so it's that little voice that we're trained not to listen to right but it's loud if we're willing to give it a chance it's exactly it yeah it can be so freeing too you can if you if you listen to your intuition you tend to be a lot freer with your thoughts and what's what's happening do you Terrell, do you find that to be true oh absolutely look at you go kevin <laughs> You're bang on, buddy. That's exactly it. There's just, there's that sense of, there's not that inner struggle. I mean, how many times do we argue with ourselves, right? We've got these things going on. If we just breathe, trust, and allow, we know exactly which direction to go in. You just said my favorite word, trust. Yeah. So, Holly? <laughs> uh, that's a big one. Yeah. So... I think trust and respect have been like the two most like pivotal foundation relationship. Mm, I don't even, cause it can be an adjective and it can be a noun. It can be um, it, as an adult is to not, to learn to not keep going down the path with a person or sometimes it's even, you know, like a company, if those two things are intact and, and learning the hard way that way, even as like, if, if you have those two things, you can handle a lot. You can handle so many storms, but if you don't at least have those two things, like the tiniest thing can tip the ship. So those, yeah, that's, that's a big one is trust, but then also respect and you can change the world with those. Absolutely. It's interesting that you guys are working together. How do you, how does that present itself? How are you guys working together? Are you uh, helping with people together or is, are, are you, explain how that works, how it's working for you. 
but we just work together on, a, on the weekend at an in-person workshop. We also do online work. So I've been teaching this work for a long time. And so when I work with a person, and Cheryl was amazing on the weekend, just like she's amazing at everything she touches. But we were doing a workshop together and there's people there. And then they would stand up and say, I have this issue with my mom or one client specifically got up and said, I'm having trouble sleeping. Then we use our intuition as to what's going on. And so we help the person to move through their pain points. And so we trust our intuition, use our intuition together and help clients to move. That's so we do in-person work, but then we also do online work. So we've got a goddess workshop starting next week, I think. March 3rd. Yeah, yeah. March 3rd. And that's where we're going to be teaching about the feminine. And so we, we teach classes, we work one-to-one, -one, we work in groups. And so it's really about helping people to evolve and heal their stories, right? And to really heal their patterns and something Holly, you said that I think is helpful to put flashlight on. A lot of us don't trust and a lot of us have old stories. One thing a lot of uh, intuitives do is we help people to rediscover the parts themselves that they've just disowned or stories that they're living into that they don't want to, and then teach them how to heal that. So that's a lot of the work we do in person, online, you name it. So yeah, that's fun. How do you help somebody who that voice in the back of their head sounds just like their mother? Mm. Ah, well, <laughs> well, go ahead. Baby. You, you, I'll, I'll grab it. You go next. Um, it's just internalized. It's internalized that voice. There's two or three steps, but one is to recognize first, it's your mom's voice. That's not inside of you. And the second step is to realize where your mom, why your mom had that. And then it's usually a trauma that she hasn't healed. And the third step is forgiveness. And then the fourth step is why did I choose her as a mom, which in the spiritual world is something we talk about. And what's the lesson for me? It's big. It's really big. Terrell, what do you got? No, and also the fact that, Kevin, you brought that one up because that seems to be the biggie for just about everybody. <laughs> Some point, there's a mom issue, right? It goes back to the mom. I'm dreading when my daughter years down the road goes, I have to go and see somebody. I have to see the two, the coach, my mom, what my mom did, right? It's like, and sister, it's like, oh, geez. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, and it's stuff that it's so hard to explain without sounding, sounding kind of airy fairy, but it's stuff that's also ancestral. It's stuff that hasn't been healed, right? The action of actually healing and recognizing so until we it's like anything and I'm sure you guys have heard this it's like any kind of addiction coffee cigarettes whatever until you break it it's just going to keep perpetuating so until you like like Divi says you shine the spotlight on it or you hold the mic it's under the microscope this is what's happening this is what's coming into where I am in this moment let's stop that before I perpetuate this on to my kids and in turn on to kids does that make sense yeah intergener intergenerational traumas and neuropsychology there's so much like mind-blowing information if people start researching those two topics and like how they intermix but you can you can pick up messages from body language alone that was never verbalized in your family that will cause you to avoid something like a math class because every time a math class or a math teacher or something like that was like brought into the environment when you were around, you know, your parents or people older than you when you were a kid, the body language alone can program how you emotionally react to something like that as an adult. And if you don't take the time to like 
air it out or go through counseling or coaching or anything like that. It's all subconscious because it was all like nonverbal. Bang on. Yeah. And that can actually make people sick, right? That stuff that those stories and what Kevin was saying, your mom's voice in your head perpetuates over and over and again. There's so many physicians and medical scientists who say that 90 to 95% of our health ailments are in the emotional realm. And that's all those stories that are stuck in our head that are just cycling over and over again. I have a question for the two of you, and it involves the third one of us here. And that, and that is that I firmly believe I've been doing this for a while and I firmly believe that you have to trust and mm-hmm. you have to, and when things present themselves and it appears to be right, more than likely it is right. And that happened in my relationship with Holly because she and I did not know each other uh, in this fall and, uh, and my mother passed away mm. and, uh, and we were going to go to a funeral home and we were going to, Holly's heard this story before, but we were going to go to a funeral home and uh, four, five, six, seven times, but it's, it's worth repeating, doggone it. And um, so, so my sister had a relationship with the funeral director. And so we were going to do a Zoom call with her to make the arrangements for my mom and uh, get a call from the funeral director saying, I can't be there, but I've got somebody else who will be there. So I get on the call to a couple of minutes early and it happens to be Holly. And she asked, what do you do? And I said, well, I do podcasts. She said, I love podcasts. And so over the course of time, because I trust that that happened for a reason and that happened for a good reason that, uh, and it felt right. And it, we all have that feeling when we know something is right. If we don't act on it, then we've let an opportunity go by. So I, I, so I acted on it and now we're working together and she is helping this program in exponentially way, positive ways and is going to, and is, and is helping a great deal. So, so it's, is that a, a good example of following your intuition? hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, I got goosebumps when you were telling me that story. Me too. What did you too? The most common physical reaction we have with intuition is like that gut feeling or goosebumps. And that, and you, that's a great example of trusting and just knowing, and we call it pull it like pulling the threaders, trusting that rope. And you know that there's something special with this person. And the more you trust it, the more, you know, did your mom set that up? Who knows? Right. But literally she was brought to you for a bigger reason, right. To help you in whatever way you need. Right. And really it's trusting that word, Holly, that you were saying, trusting and moving with that. Yeah. I believe it is. Yeah. Awesome. So I'd like to thank Holly for, for uh, buying my line and, and coming to work with me. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You are so welcome. It's been a blast. <laughs> so, so, but that, that is what we all can do to understand our lives a little bit better and, and to, and to trust that, that, okay, I'm going to get on my soapbox. The other side and the, and the, and the powers that be are trying for us to do the best they can for us. Right. And, uh, um, we are doing the best we can. And, uh, and if we trust those things will come to pass for us, I think. Holly, what do you think? (laughs) I think even if they don't like there's lessons to be learned on either side of it, like the whole, the whole experience is an experience. The whole process of life is like living through experiences and learning through them. You can read a billion books and I wish that was the only thing we had to do to learn, (laughs) but we actually have to do, you know, and sometimes it doesn't work out, but 
uh, either way, um, I don't know if, if we're talking about kind of like life, life views and mantras, it's trying to keep that, um, student mentality or that like learner mentality as you're going through situations, both good and bad. Absolutely. I, I like to call it the child. I like to see it through a child's eyes kind of thing. Right. Terrell, I have a, I, I have a question I, I, that just came up that I have to ask you. Hey. And that is you've been an actress your entire life. Yeah. Since you were, since you were a little kid, you've been told no more times than you've been told. Yes. Correct. What has given you the intestinal fortitude to keep going and not say, Oh, I've had enough of this. This is, what is it about you that has disregarded the negative, accepted the positive and kept moving forward? Well, years ago, I would have said, I don't know, because sometimes it's so, some of the things you hear are so wounding. It's you have, there's nothing you can do, but take it personally. Um, yeah, no, I, I remember Los Angeles and talking to an agent saying, you wanted me to come down for pilot season. So here I am and I'm not being, you know, sent out. So what's up? What's, what's happening here? And having, you know, the man or the agent say, well, I'm sorry, honey, but you're just not pretty enough. So there's things that you go, hmm, well, you know, I can change if you want, give me direction in the lines or where you want me to go with my work. But that's something I can't change. I know nowadays, there's a lot of people changing, um, but that's a whole other show. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I just, I don't know, Kevin, I, I think, again, we go back to that beautiful word of trust. And also for me, I live my life in gratitude. If I didn't have things to be thankful for, I just like, we, it's easy. It's easy to go down that big, dark, deep hole right where we are feeling just stepped on and hurt but if you can just find that gratitude find something to be grateful for to turn it you know the old saying as a kid turn that frown upside down it's it's the truth find something to be grateful for and things change right Absolutely. I got to believe that there's more for us to feel grateful about than there is for us to complain about. Yeah. Especially hashtag first world. <laughs> I have to tell myself that all the time because I'm like, I don't want to get up today, you yeah. know, but yeah, we have a lot, a lot to be thankful for. Um, and that's, I love this because like between Terrell and Divi and Kevin, you guys are hitting like so many of the um, questions that I like was hoping we would cover. So if, can we ask another one on like related to, um, for, uh, people that are interested in acting, it's things like trying to memorize a script. Is there like a amount of words or length of dialogue or, or script that you're expected to be able to retain in your brain for like, <laughs> well, yeah, um, there is. In the film, in film world, uh, you have, we have our day, you know, what scenes are coming up in the day. And we don't have the beauty of it going from scene one to the very end. There's no beginning, middle, end in film. It's, we're at this location. So I know you two haven't met, but this is the man you fall in love with and marry. So we're going to have you guys start out. Uh, you're married and now you're in the bed together. 
And so there's like, oh, hey, yeah, hi, how are you? Um, so you don't, you, you don't have that beauty of, 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 of through line, right? So as far as learning the lines go, you know what is set, what is being shot on that day. So you, you learn your lines for that day. For me personally, I, I sort of look at stuff as I go. I like to try and learn my lines for three days of shooting at a time. Um, on our lunch break or you know in the middle of makeup and hair you're you're running lines with your scene partners or you're running lines you know on your own that sort of thing as far as how does one do it and you also have to be prepared prepared as you brought up so eloquently kevin about improv sometimes they'll say hey hold time out uh we've got we're throwing this scene in and all of a sudden you're looking at this huge scene of dialogue and you're like oh so you just have to be ready. So it's a muscle. It's like anything. You can't be expected to run in the Olympics if you haven't been doing all the work to lead up to the four, the four years of training to get there, right? So it's a muscle that you use. I personally tend to work visually. So I look at my lines and if I get stuck, I don't hear it. I My mind goes back to when I look at that page and where on that page that line is and then it comes to me. Another good thing, if the writing is lovely and spectacular, if you just listen, and you know the character, whatever you listen from your fellow actor, you're going to know what that next line is. Did that Unless they screw it up first. Sorry, yes. <laughs> and then yeah. if you go down a, a long rabbit hole that you can't, you know, but, but to answer your question, Holly, uh, when I was in college, I did Taming of the Shrew. Okay. I was Petruchio. And Thank you. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. <laughs> yes, and that uh, there was probably 50 pages of dialogue it almost cost me my relationship at the time because she <laughs> we were running lines all day and back and forth so i could learn it to this day i have retained nothing but thus i have become my that's i can't even say it i have retained nothing of 50, 50 <laughs> thus, pages though, of thus is a powerful word <laughs> that's my uh, never mind uh, so but that it's it's hard especially in a th stage play mm -hmm. um but it's also hard when you're and, and i can't imagine being an actor and it's like uh you're gonna have a deep relationship but it's it's at the end of the movie that you're starting with at the beginning and now you've got this relationship that you have to carry through the entire way and to make it all and to make it seamless and to make it seem like it works out the way it's supposed to that that's 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 a skill that's really hard to do Mm-hmm. It is. And that's why we tell people to go to school. <laughs> yes, indeed. But but you know the the sad part is most a lot of people like I I did uh, Fiddler on the Roof and Taming of the Shrew and 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 in in one season and then and then of course life gets in the way and you got to go make a living and then you you fall in love with the, with your high school with your sweetheart and then you want to go and have kids and all that kind of and your dream goes away and uh you kept it that that is a skill all by itself yeah i i don't know if it's a skill i i just knew i had to follow my heart and that's all i ever wanted to do so i did it i'm curious um and sorry if i'm like talking about the film and the acting so much but that that's what i knew we were that's what I knew about before we like came on the show. I didn't know we were going to be talking about the intuitive coaching. So my apologies on that. I will definitely be able to read up on that for the next time if you both would like to come back again. But if there's a way to like um, mix the two. So like what kind of 
like lessons um, coming from the acting maybe are really helpful in the intuitive coaching or vice versa, the intuitive coaching and the experiences you've been having with that that are affecting you in the acting career? Hmm. Uh, that's a good question. And, and Divi can also respond to this as well. I'll just say that I think I was doing it all along. You reading the script, you intuitively decide what you're going to do or where you're going to go with this. Um, and when sometimes I think, oh, I should play it this way and I go against it, it usually doesn't work. So there you go again is relying on the intuition. However, if you're being directed to do it that way, then it's the actor's job to go, ooh, okay, I got to make this work for me. And then that's the fun part. That's where I love when things switch up with the acting that, okay, I got to make that work. Divi can talk to you um, because she's always in front of, you know, the rooms and her TED Talks and stuff that um, if you take it from here, Divi, that sometimes you may have a plan for this. Somebody comes up with something and that sort of changes your direction. Is that correct? When you're... Yeah. 100% it's trusting is trusting that the room just like when you're acting has an energy to it and a flow to it and if you trust your intuition you're going to fall with the flow right and I work with a lot of actors just to jump back and forth here and the actors who are very successful are highly intuitive and they trust that and one of the things Terrell keeps hitting on is she just didn't not believe and that's what all my successful actors I work with that's what they all say is they just knew it and that's listening to their soul right and listening and not listening to the chatter but, the, but I think dancing with the two, and I think that's why a lot of actors work with me and Terrell is because waking up your intuition, I think Terrell, you can speak to this better, is actually a huge part of acting. It's what Kevin asked at the beginning, right? It's like waking up both because I actually think they go hand in hand. They really do. Totally. Yeah, totally. So, uh, DV, you work with a lot of actors. Is there anybody that you'd like to, you know, like, I don't know, uh, drop their name or, you know, <laughs> are, they so long? are they good people? No, I'm just kidding. I know you're kidding. I know you're kidding. <laughs> Total confidentiality there. So I worked with some many amazing actors and I don't typically know what my actor clients do. Like I've never read Terrell's stuff. Like no offense, Terrell. It just no. keeps me in my intuitive world. So I don't actually look at what they do. I don't watch their shows on purpose. So that when they ask, ask me, a lot of my clients ask me, is my Netflix show going to be renewed? Versus if I'm involved in the show, watching it, I'll have my own opinion. But intuitively, I can give them an answer because I'm not involved. So yeah. That's like some musicians don't listen to the radio while they're, <laughs> while they're making their music. And I thought that was so fascinating because I couldn't even imagine not listening to like music, like just, hey, Google and let it play or anything. But when they're actually trying to create their own, having that influence like can influence what they're producing as well. So that's so fascinating. You know, one of the things that we do here is we've got a show that we run on Fridays. It's it's positive talk radio, but it's also uh, under the heading of Think Energy. And uh, we take calls and we and we talk to people about stuff. And it would be great if you guys would want to come on and talk to uh, to take calls and talk to the audience about those sorts of things under that format. Would you be interested in doing that? Absolutely, Kevin. Yeah. That, okay, I got that on tape. Holly, it's on <laughs> tape now. I got it. So that would that would be great fun. Now we've got just a few minutes left. And I want to give each of you the opportunity to talk to our audience about anything that you would like them to know. Tara, we'll start with you. What would I like you to know? Um, well, I just I want to go back to that musician story about listening to the music. I have not 
to this day watched an entire episode of Stargate. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and that was what, 20 some odd years ago. Every once in a while I will. Now what I did do is that we would, back then we would look at the dailies or we do a thing called ADR. If a bird is chirping in the background or the train goes by, we have to go back in, look at what we are on the screen and revoice the dialogue. So I would, over the seven years, I would see that and I would want to be, make sure that, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm on track. Yeah, this is where my character is at. Um, but no, I, I, haven't, I haven't watched my work. And I think there's a lot of actors out there as well that don't, don't watch their work. Divi, what would you like people to know? Um, my thing is all about realizing that no matter what trauma, Holly, you were talking about stuff you come from, that there's a part of you, your intuition, that soul part of you, whatever you want to call it that wants you to be happy, right? And I always say to people, if I can figure it out, anybody can, right? So I'm a huge fan of people just, Kevin, I think you asked some amazing questions. Cheryl, what kept you going all those years, right? All those questions are bang on. How did you not listen to the no's? That's all part of listening to your intuition. So I love it when people start to wake up their intuition and get happier and, you know, heal their relationships and all that stuff. I'm just a huge fan of that. So, yeah. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you both for being here. It's, it's been awesome. It's in it, Holly. What would you like to add? We have four shows currently, all of them you can find on kmmedia.pro. <laughs> That's what I would like to say. <laughs> <laughs> she is, she is uh, keeping me on the straight and narrow. She's working very hard to do that. And, and I, like I was told recent and not, recently but a while ago you make a really crappy employee so you know i i do better at doing this but but uh, dv to answer your question the reason that i ask good questions is i use my intuition it, it is i have had so many people tell me that you know i you were doing this interview and i was listening to it and you asked the question that i was uh, thinking in my mind so in it so it's not and it's nothing special it's just that I'm, it's just, you know, I just, I don't know. So, but it's, it works out for me. And I'd like to thank both of you for being here. We've actually got two minutes. We've got uh, two minutes left, I ooh, think. Ooh. Ooh, I, I want to know both Divi's and Terrell's favorite power food right now that is like the thing that's making them feel good that they're eating and aging gracefully with. <laughs> Mine right now is cauliflower. I'll start it with that. Okay, go ladies. Carol, go ahead. Kale. Kale. Can I do both of those? I'm not a huge, I'm just not a huge eater. So cauliflower, I'll just do both of those. How's that? Perfect. <laughs> you know, you know, Holly, they now have cauliflower um, um, mashed potatoes. That you can make mashed potatoes out of cauliflower. Yes. So, so there, that, that, that works really well for somebody, I guess. Kevin, but, you're adorable. I have to just say that. You're so <laughs> darn adorable. Oh, ma, come on. No, it's but it's true. <laughs> I'm I'm learning from people, so that's that's really good. So I'd like to thank our guest today, um, and uh, and you guys are just Terrell, you're terrific, DV, you're terrific, and I would really hope that over time that we can do more of this because you're the type of people that can help people, and that's what this show is all about. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Is, is helping people live their best lives. And Holly does the same darn thing. It's, it's pretty amazing. So with that, I'd like to thank everybody for being here. We will be here with Think Energy on Friday. We've got a tarot card reader on Friday that you're not going to believe. 
and take care of each other, would you? Because each other's all we got. We'll see you Friday.